autumn wind is a pirate. Blustering in from sea, with a rollicking song, he sweeps along, swaggering boisterously. The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. Just win, baby! Oh, welcome back to the Las Vegas Raiders Lounge Podcast. I am Benny Spielberg coming to you with the week three recap of the Hard Knocks episode of our Oakland Raiders. And God, how good is this season? Folks, as always, I am joined by Marquee Mark. Mark, how much did you love that third episode? Man, it just continued the momentum that this show has going. How many renditions of the Autumn Wind does the HBO production team have? They are just hammering that song home, and I love it. I never get tired of it. Oh, I agree, man. I listen to it frequently, daily. It's special. I listened to it on the ride home from work today. I was all geared up all day long for this third episode of Hard Knocks. Uh, you know, I had a relaxing night. I was stacking on my goldfish here. I had my notes out, enjoying the show. As a Raiders fan, this is so special this offseason to have hard knocks on Tuesday night. Then you get your preseason game on Thursday night. It's really expediting the process of getting me through August and getting me to that opening Monday nighter on September 9th. Absolutely. Every season to me, hard knocks helps in that. But this year, it's extra special. I care extra about the team. It's not some random team like the Bengals that I really, truly don't care about with not many interesting players. This is a cool team, a team I care about deeply, and it's awesome to be able to watch them once a week. It is, and this week I noticed more Mike Mayock, and you have to be happy about that. The guy is a football celebrity. He's an inspiring story. He's a football lifer, and at age 60, he finally got the opportunity of a lifetime and a well-deserved opportunity at that. He is doing a tremendous job and handling this chaotic Antonio Brown situation very nicely. For sure, and I would like to say it just seems like he's brought in a lot of athleticism and talent onto this team at all levels. It's exciting. It really is, and and Gruden put up the post in, in, in the meetings. He said, we're looking to get bigger, faster, and more well-conditioned. And then he shows a Hunter Renfro's combine picture, whatever it was. They just torture Hunter Renfro, but he takes it like a champ, and you could tell how much they uh, they love having him and how big of a part of the offense he's going to be. Oh, seriously, and you can tell that already because of how they make fun of him in such public settings. They know he's going to be a key player for them. In fact, one of our questions from the fans involves Hunter Renfro later, but we'll get to that much later in the show. How crisp, though, are Hunter Renfro's routes? So crisp. He is essentially a veteran out there already. He's well-experienced. You know, with the playoff system, some of these college kids are getting more game time than ever before. You know, especially when you're at Clemson or you're at Obama. These kids are getting big-time 
big time exposure. He, to me, looks like a veteran receiver out there. And you're hearing the players say the same thing about rookie safety, Jonathan Abram. Yeah, he might be a silly kid, but on the field, he has a veteran presence. For sure. It seems like both of them are very well taken in by the team members. And that's great to see. And it's a great sign of just how good they actually are during these practices. And if they weren't performing, Gruden wouldn't have them penciled in as the as these rookie starters. Everybody knows Gruden for always giving the hand to the veterans, giving the veterans the first crack at a starting gig. Well, he's had Josh Jacobs, he's had Abrams and Farrell all listed in as starters from day one along with punter A.J. Cole, who won the punter job two weeks ago. That's a rookie punter. And Hunter Renfro has been the rookie starter in the slot since day one of training camp. you got to respect anybody who's special in any industry, but they're willing to change, and they're willing to do what it takes to continue to be great or become greater. And I feel like that's what John Gruden's doing right now. We're looking at an evolution of John Gruden, and that's pretty cool. Totally. I mean, I love how he talks to these guys. I love his connection with Antonio Brown. It was later in on the episode, but, God, it was kind of special. And he knows how to talk to him, and I feel great about that connection. As we always harp on, John Gruden has next-level communication skills, and they're just on full display during this show, every episode, frankly, when Brown was talking about what's going on with his feet, and he said, you know, once they start to get a little hot during training camp, that's where that's where it starts the pain starts to come in and gruden tells him well why don't you hop in a cryotherapy uh chamber yeah, yeah, and cool yeah. them off. that absolutely killed me yeah uh so they funny. have an they have an awesome report and i love how hbo makes gruden appear so distraught when antonio brown isn't in there i swear it's like when uh you know your best friend in grade school moves away Right. That's kind of that's kind of how HBO makes it. Uh, Gruden cannot wait to utilize Antonio Brown. Uh, you might have missed this. Some of the viewers might have missed this. Mike Mayock pregame on the field uh, before the Cardinals game says to Gruden, "We got our boy back." Mm-hmm. You know, I love they love him. They can't wait to utilize him. Now, Benny, I know we're doing a major deep dive here as we always do, and we jumped into this quick, but yeah, I just love really this. Did. We really did. I love. I love how this episode opened up with Frank Caliendo, who I think is an absolute legend, and talk about the star power. Him and Gruden are tight, and bringing in Caliendo to talk to the team is a great way to, you know, give these guys a little bit of a treat in the last week of a tough training camp. For sure, and it shows that even John Gruden, he has a sense of humor. He can take some jokes about him. He knows bringing Caliendo in, he's going to do John Gruden. That's why he's bringing him in. John Gruden is not the egomaniac that a lot of these uh, talking heads on TV make him out to be. He's a mid. He's a, he's a guy from the Midwest. He's insanely humble and insanely down to earth. But people get his passion and his competitiveness misconstrued with being arrogant and uh, cocky. Sure, and. I think you can tell how much he's grown by how he had to talk to Drew Rosenhaus because you could tell he wanted to tell Rosenhaus to go fuck himself. So, yeah. so bad. And instead, he 
was just kind. He, you know, he he did the and political let, thing. Let me say this: um, if Gruden was to go with the go f yourself route to Rosenhaus, it would kind of be done in a way where he would say it, but it would be almost like cordially, where you know, it's like a situation where Rosenhaus can't do anything about it, Gruden can't do anything about it. Sure, but. I think it's a testament to how strongly Gruden feels that about Antonio Brown. He's a veteran receiver. He was there during the spring. He did get training camp reps in. They still got three weeks before the opening game. He, They're going to be just fine. It's not as urgent of a matter as these major media companies like FS Sports and ESPN and all the Twitter journalists make it out to be. I, I truly believe that in my heart of hearts. Sure. Well, once AB is that. back, especially, I think he's going to be fine. As he put it, analytics don't lie. They are factuals. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I'm pretty sure isn't a word. No, it, is, it let, is not. It's in. It's it's uh, underlined in red on my computer. Let, there it is. Now let me take it to uh, back to Drew Rosenhaus. I think Drew Rosenhaus is the man. Uh, yeah, I like big, Rosenhaus. Big, big fan of Drew Rosenhaus. I think he's working nicely with the Raiders here. Mayock, Rudin, the entire organization. Let's not forget, the Raiders made Drew Rosenhaus' client, Trent Brown, the highest-paid offensive lineman in NFL history this past offseason. For sure. So they have a good relationship, gang. Trust me when I tell you that. Agreed. Something, something I found funny was when uh, Gruden said to Caliendo, jumping back to that team meeting here, uh, hey, Frank, why don't you say something funny here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> just breaking his balls back a little bit yeah and uh that's what john does that's who john is something i found very intriguing during a pre-game coaches meeting and when i say pre-game i i mean the night before they discussed uh if peterman should be the first quarterback in after car uh, greg olson seemed to have advocated that a little bit and mike glennon uh immediately came to John Gruden's mind and he said, no, we got to stay with Glennon. Really like what Glennon's doing. He was tremendous in Arizona. I don't think this is a case of Peterman. And in fact, I know this is not a case of Glennon and Peterman battling it out for the second quarterback spot. This is a case of is Peterman going to look nice enough in the preseason and in practice to force us to keep three quarterbacks? Mike Lennon is a, of a starting caliber. I could see him starting in some places, honestly. He is um, he is more athletic than he gets credit for. He throws an accurate deep ball, has a very cool throwing motion, and of all the super tall quarterbacks, he's the best one in the league. Sure, he's I never hated than... Mike Lennon. No, uh, he's a natural thrower with touch. He's nim- He has light feet for such a tall guy. I kind of dig him, and he's never been with as good of an offensive coach as John Gruden. Sure. He's not... I... Go ahead. I'll say that I think you'd be hard-pressed to look at a team and say that they'd be better off with Mike Lennon as the starter than all of these teams currently with their starting quarterback. Having said well, that, I like I like Lennon more than Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, I'll, I'll take. Uh, 
I think I'll take either of the other ones. But I think I like Glennon more than Case Keenum. uh, Okay, I'll give you Case Keenum. But again, I'd be starting the rookies in those cases either way. Right, right. The point at the end of the day is that I think Mike Glennon is a manageable backup to come in for even a few weeks, even a stretch run. He reminds me of a potential Nick Foles in the right situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, Bendy, I think that's an awesome comparison right there. And I think you would have to agree that with Gruden and with the talent on this Raiders offense, this is a really nice situation for him. Sure. I think he's the poor man, Nick Foles, probably. But then again, I don't think there's a big gap between those two at the end of the day, if they're in the correct situation. I'm with you, man. I would go as far as to say Glennon has a better arm than Nick Foles. He has more nimble feet, and uh, he has better touch. I I would go that far. Now, that doesn't mean he's better, or that doesn't mean he gets the most out of what he has. But from a mechanical standpoint, I bet you if you talk to people around the league, they would totally agree that Mike Glennon has better mechanics and is more athletic than Nick Foles. Now, that doesn't mean a hill of beans because there's the most mechanically sound and athletic people out there that couldn't even make it to this level for whatever reason it may be. But point being, Glennon has some intangibles. Yeah, I feel like we could probably debate this for about three hours, so we'll move on. And I want to say while we're on the topic of Mike Glennon, during that practice, the look that John Gruden gave Mike Glennon after the pick and says yep. to Nate, he says, get in there, Nate. It was gold. He, I love what he goes, Mike, what are you doing? You're eight feet tall. Yeah. <laughs> but then he proceeds to get mad at Peterman. But that comes maybe one of the best lines from the entire episode when he says, controlled his temper and told him, you'll never go broke making a profit. That was cool. That's an old school quote. I like when he called Peterman Forrest Gump during the Cardinals preseason game. Yeah, that was funny. Now, all right, Kyler Murray was talking to Antonio Brown on the field after the game, and he looked scared shitless, and he looked borderline embarrassed. He said, man, why'd they have to send the house at me like that? And Antonio Brown kind of said, hey, man, that's what's going to happen in this league. That's what you got to learn to beat. That's how, you know, you got to get ready for that. But I I think I saw, like, some post-traumatic stress in Kyler Murray's face. Nah, I think he was slightly embarrassed. He's a guy that is used to winning. So I don't necessarily put that on Kyler Murray. What I do put it on is Cliff Kingsbury not being prepared to protect his young quarterback. No, no doubt about that. Now, you could argue maybe he you know kind of put him in harm's way to get him used to it see it before he has to see it in the regular season but uh, that's given him a lot of credit and you can kill your quarterback doing that so i don't think that's exactly what he was doing they're not going to put their prize investment in uh that type of harm's way exactly so you know you got to throw that on kingsbury which he's a young coach too oh yeah no question and here's the thing though that people have to realize that was Kyler Murray's most humiliating moment on a professional field in baseball or football or any sports arena of his entire life. He's never been embarrassed like that, ever, Yeah. on a sports uh, field. You have to think. Something 
else I found very interesting was HBO saying the Raiders had room for four tight ends on their depth chart. Now, I only remember the Raiders carrying four tight ends maybe once or twice before. I do think this roster could allow for it, but, man, that feels like a lot of tight ends for Gruden to carry. What's funny is I heard that and thought the exact same thing, too. Now, I didn't necessarily remember how many times they've done it in the past, Having said that, even before they said the line, I was running through the names on this tight end room and thinking, God, you really could have four tight ends. It was obvious in this episode how much they love Darren Waller. Uh, He's a physical specimen. Gruden found him last year. He was on the Ravens practice squad. Gruden located him pregame working out on the field. He said, who is this specimen? The next week they signed him to their active roster okay so they like waller he's a gruden pet project and he has all the intangibles yeah he could be a breakout talent for them having said that he doesn't know what fight club is that's a that's a problem well we'll get back to that i'm glad you said that uh foster moreau out of lsu who we interviewed they like him a lot he's had a good training camp Derek carrier played for sean mcveigh played for Jay Gruden. Coincidentally, he got his start in the league with the Raiders. Um, And you saw the touchdown catch in the corner of the end zone he made. He's an athletic kid. He can block. He can play special teams. They really like him. They carried him last year as well. So he's very familiar with the Gruden system. And then Luke Wilson, who got featured on this episode. Luke Wilson was Matt Stafford's starting tight end last year on a respectable Lions offense. The kid can block, he's got soft hands, and he would be a veteran presence, but he's not decrepit either. He's only been in the league seven seasons. He's having a nice training camp, and he had a good game against the Cardinals. I mean, I don't know. It's going to be tough to cut one of those guys, uh, and I can see them carrying four i truly can the only problem comes in i know they want to carry four running backs and a fullback and it's going to be very hard to do sure i i like all four of those tight ends you wonder if maybe one gets practice squatted but then you're you know in trouble of losing one of them yeah i don't think you could do that yeah so i could see them going with the four tight ends maybe they have one of them pull fullback duty See if one of them yeah. can pull the fullback duty, possibly. No, I don't know. None of them have got any reps. Um, that would be a stretch. It truly would. Because they really like this rookie fullback, Alec Ingold, out of Wisconsin. Sure. Well, that's a guy that you could potentially practice squad and probably not lose. Uh, I might agree with you there. Yeah, that is correct. So, at that point, I'm not sure what they're going to do. But I will say this about Luke Wilson. He's a very athletic guy. He was talking that he could have been an NHL player, or at least thought he could have been an NHL player. I'll say this. His name, Luke Wilson, you sound like an NHL player. You look like an an NHL player. And an actor. Yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) It could really run both ways. Yes, yes. So, look, at the end of the day, as of now, where we are, I'm going to say they are going to carry four tight ends. Let's keep this in mind. 
Gabe Jackson's going to start the season on the short-term IR, and Richie Incognito is going to start the season under a two-game suspension. So there's going to be two kind of additional roster spots there. Interesting. And I'll say this. Another great quote from this episode is Luke Wilson going nuts about the bridge. That was pretty interesting. Pretty cool fucking bridge, man. Yeah, and I relate to that because I'm a guy who digs architecture. I dig that type of stuff. I'll definitely be the type to acknowledge a cool bridge if I saw it. And, of course, that the Golden Gate Bridge certainly fits that bill. Well, the funniest part about it to me is him, like, nonchalant in the beginning being like, yeah, like, I've seen these bridges, so, like, I don't really get wowed by bridges. But, and then he goes on to say it. It was a plot twist. Yeah, it's funny. Now, piggybacking on the four tight end thing and the potential four running backs, that makes the deal with carrying three quarterbacks more complicated. Last year, they just carried two with Derek Carr and A.J. McCarron. Um, Now, this year, I know traditionally Gruden likes to carry three. This year, does Peterman win his heart over? So far, so good. As of now, I would say the Raiders are on pace to carry all three quarterbacks. I don't know. At the end of the day, I just don't know if they're going to be able to do it, but we'll see. Right. Hey, it's just a prediction. It's just a gut feeling. I don't think Peterman's going to wind up wowing him to the point that he needs him at the end of the day. I think he's going to like him. He might wind up bringing him back next year or something, or if there's an injury, bringing him back then. But I don't know. At the end of the day, he's neat, Peterman. I don't know about the practice squad restrictions. He was on. He was signed to the practice squad last year. Uh, he obviously played in active games his rookie year. I'm pretty I think sure he if, is still practice squad eligible. I I want to say practice squad ends after your first two years after being drafted. Okay. Uh, does it have uh, Does it have anything to do with game reps? I don't believe so. I don't think it's like the baseball with the days up. Well, no, no, yeah, I know. I think it's yeah. either. I think just after once you're in your third year, you can't be practice squad. Now maybe it's your fourth year, but I believe the third year. Okay, fair enough. There's definitely a crush there. There's definitely a crush there. Now, keep in mind, the Raiders go up to Canada this week, the first ever NFL game ever being played in Canada, even though it is preseason. The, um, seeing the Packers up there, which you would you know, think is kind of like makes sense for, their, for it to be a home game for the Packers. This is actually a home game for the Raiders in Winnipeg. Truly makes no sense. But for teams that have been, for a team that's been playing home games in London every year, I guess it kind of fits the bill. Yeah, whatever. You know, it's a preseason game, so it's cool. Get some exposure, make the game a little more interesting to these players. You think, you know, if you go up there, you care a little more. If you're in these stadiums where you're used to playing really big games and you're playing in the preseason game, maybe you care a little little less as the starter. But if you're in, you know, a new environment, it's kind of almost like a Super Bowl atmosphere in a way where you're just on this neutral site. And it's kind of a spectacle. You know. well, let's, 
Yeah, I'm with you. Let's call it what it is, Benny. We hypothesized about this about a month ago. We said that the Hard Knocks crew being there with the Raiders is going to bring the best out of those guys because they want to show up and show out and make a name for themselves and make a name for themselves in terms of bringing back the organization as a whole. And I'm seeing that, man. They've kicked ass in the first two preseason games, and it really feels like they're locked in. Yeah, I got to say, they're playing good ball right now. It's very exciting. And they just have a good vibe to them, I feel like. They're really clicking together as a team. Everybody likes each other. I concur. on, And it's something that I haven't seen in recent years. Now, Benny, I'm under the impression from the text you sent me during the show that a bunch of questions were rolling in just like last week. So let me hear what you got. For sure. Okay, we're going to go to a uh, one of our VIP listeners, Christian in Del Boca Vista. Ooh. Yeah, he just moved down there. It's very nice. Okay, like we mentioned last week, no one's really mentioning Josh Jacobs. He's not on the hard knocks. Nobody's really talking about him much. So what Christian wants to know is how much of an effect is he going to have when it comes to car and freeing up things for the receivers? Well, Josh Jacobs is the number one back on the depth chart. He got the first three carries of the game. He ran at five yards a clip. He made a couple really nice cuts. He looks the part, and his game play in Arizona really, I don't know. It, it You know, you got to see how a guy looks on an NFL field. And he, he looks the part, and he's got the um, – he's just got the obvious athletic ability and natural feel. He's a real running back, and uh, he looks special to me. And I think they're shooting for NFL Rookie of the Year here. He's going to get big numbers. He's going to make plays in the passing game. He likes the pass protect, which is going to buy Carr uh, another second to get that ball down the field to these speedy and big receivers. Yeah, I think Jacobs is going to have a monster year, and it's only going to help everybody else. Agreed. One more guy you got a game plan for. Agreed. Okay, so Cashmere in Philly. She wants <laughs> to know, where can... I, I assume she wants to know, where can I find some watermelon berry Gatorade? That sounds delicious. And let me just tell you this. I bought an organic watermelon today for the first time. I was going to snack on that during the show, my hand to God. And it was all mushy. I, out of this whole watermelon, I might have got three or four pieces. It was all mush inside. I bought it at that Sprouts grocery store. But um, best bet there for cashmere is the tweet AB and get that recipe. It sounded good. It was making me a little thirsty. Uh, how good did it sound, too? My, my mouth so is so refreshing. dry right now. Mine is, too. A hot summer night. You can always go for a refreshing drink like that. Yeah. As AB would say, drip drop on the rocks. Yeah, man. He is out of his mind. But he keeps the players loose. You could tell his teammates like him. He is a lovable cat. And the more he gets ingratiated into this program, I think uh, it's going to be much smoother seas. Let's just get his feet right. Let's get that helmet situation right. Oh, yeah. 
All right, Darius, who just moved into Clemson. Wants oh, wow. To, yeah, wants to know, what kind of numbers do you envision this year for Hunter Renfro? It's an awesome question. And it's so hard because of John Rudin and actually Derek Carr's ability to spread the ball around. I love Hunter Renfro. I went ballistic when they drafted him. I was so excited. I jumped up out of my recliner. I gave myself a headache. I was clapping and screaming and pumping my fist and yelling so much. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just throw this out there, and it might sound stupid. Six touchdowns. I don't know, 650 yards. Rookie season. They have so many weapons, but I think he is going to be maneuverable in the red zone offense. He'll be a weird guy that finds ways to get open in that part of the field. And I hope I didn't lowball him, but I think that would be a nice little rookie campaign on a receiving core with guys like Antonio Brown, Tyrell Williams, Ryan Grant, J.J. Nelson. And there's a lot of talent out there. Yeah, I'm going to go 62 catches for 600-ish yards and seven touchdowns. I like a nice okay. year out of him. I do too, and that's cool. I'm glad we were in the same ballpark. Um, that's pretty cool. I didn't necessarily expect you to be there with me on that one because we don't always land on the same place with our projections and predictions. That's definitely true. I, I actually really think he's going to be productive. I could see maybe it takes a couple weeks to start getting him those targets, but I think he's going to wind up getting about eight targets a game at a certain point, and I think he hauls in a lot of them. And Carr feels super comfortable with him. Gruden feels super comfortable with him. He is the uh, real deal, man. It's like having a veteran receiver in the slot already. And that knowledge base he has is only going to expand day by day. Yeah, you know, we talk about Jacobs and how he's going to pe get people to be watching him. You have a little play action. Meanwhile, you're doubling Antonio Brown. And, you know, Hunter Renfro is just running clean through. Uh-huh, and it, he is a little bit of a matchup nightmare, Hunter Renfro. Teams might say, oh, look at this kid. We might be able to put one of our fast linebackers on him, and Hunter Renfro will torch that linebacker. He's got deceptive speed. As Mike Mayock said, he was disappointed he ran as well on his 40 time as he, as he did at the combine. Yeah, I'm changing my projections. 120, 1112. <laughs> Hunter uh, Renfro for wide out of the year. I have a feeling Hunter Renfro is going to end up being uh, a big-time receiver in this league. I mean, look at Julian Edelman. He's the Patriots' number one receiver. Sure. It reminds me a lot of when we watched the Hard Knocks with the Cowboys and Amandola was a undrafted free agent. And when you watched him, you were like, God, this guy is just an NFL receiver. Yeah. Like, he might not look like it, but when you put him in the pads, when he throws the helmet on, you get him on the field – out of nowhere, this man's the an NFL receiver. Yeah, I'm intrigued to see what he does with Matt Staff Amendola, what he does with Matt Stafford in the Lions this year. Amendola's always been a favorite of mine. But let's, you know, let's not disregard Hunter Renfro's resume. He had a better college resume than guys like Edelman, Amendola. This guy is an accredited receiver, man. He's no joke. Yeah, he's a huge pickup for them, and like we said earlier, you can tell just how good he's going to be and how much they're going to use him just by the way they make fun of him. 
because they know he's going to be around for a while. Correct. They wouldn't be doing that if he was just some Joe Schmo. If he was about to get practice squatted or cut, they wouldn't be calling him out in meetings making fun of him. No doubt about it. Team he meetings, is, uh... not just like individual group meetings. And not they just get him railing on him during practice, like while everybody's sitting down. It's in, it's insane, but you gotta have confidence to be a big time athlete, and uh, he is both. He has the confidence, and he is a big time athlete. Yeah, for sure. Now we got one last question. Our old friend. TNJ Tony Nicky Jr. from uh-huh. the one and only Las Vegas. Is he still over at the MGM Grand? Uh, who knows where he's bouncing around? He's had a bad run of cards recently. He keeps <laughs> okay. making keeps making these pushes in these tournaments and then gets knocked out around like thirty ish or fifteen or he he gets terrible beats. Two straight. He is Queens. The guy he's going up against, the idiot he's going up against, has tens guy catches a 10 on the turn every single time well hopefully this question is uh is a good one yeah he's you know maybe he's taking out some of his card frustrations in this question because he thinks does ab think he can take advantage of gruden just because of how nice he's been to him so far absolutely not that's the problem in pittsburgh mike tomlin they let him get away with everything, and they covered up everything he did. This is part of the reason Gruden hired Mike Mayock. Mike Mayock came out and gave anything but a nice guy um, statement towards AB. He said it's put up or shut up time. It's go, go now, all in or all out. So John doesn't necessarily have to be the bad guy. In fact, it's a good cop, bad cop situation here, and the Raiders – are playing this perfectly uh i hate to put it like this because we're talking about human beings but i think they have a b in the palm of their hands yeah i totally agree i said earlier in the episode how i think john knows exactly how to talk to him and i think they're going to get the best out of him when he not shows o- up not only are they playing good cop bad cop with him but they have AB's agent as almost like a best friend because of that Trent Brown contract. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so it's 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 no um, it's no amateur hour taking place with the Raiders here. No matter what ESPN or Colin Coward says, these these programs like to rib on the Raiders because it brings a lot of interaction and a lot of feedback. And the bottom line is. These guys don't do deep dives into the team like we do. And a lot of people will be surprised, but I believe the Raiders are going to get off to a hot start this year, and then we'll see how the narrative changes. For sure, and I do want to make a quick hot take prediction. I think Antonio Brown wins his newest helmet grievance against the NFL and is given a year to wear whatever helmet he wants. Uh, I I think this one's a very smart and has a lot of basis to it. The first one, maybe not so much, but I'm going on record. I think AB wins it. Well, I hope you're right, and I kind of agree with you. And, you know, if the listeners here are shaking their head, they think maybe we're being biased. Mike Florio came out and said, uh, you know, 
he Mike Florio gave out sentiments that he kind of understands where AB is coming from, and it's more of the NFL just doesn't want to be proven wrong, and the NFL doesn't want to give in. Joe Staley, a all-pro tackle for the 49ers, came out and said he wore the same helmet and loved the same helmet that A.B. is lobbying to wear, and he hated the switch. But, you know, for an offensive lineman, it's easier to make a switch. For a quarterback, it's easier to make a switch. But when you're a receiver, then your helmet is the most important doggone thing. I get where A.B. is coming from, and it's not about me being a homer. And it's... The bottom line is he hurt – the man hurt himself trying to get better to play football. He didn't hurt himself hang gliding. He didn't hurt himself doing some unfootball-related type of activity. The man feels passionately about his helmet, which he's worn his whole life, which is his livelihood. I get that. And people want to demonize him, but then we have a Zeke Elliott who is training in Cabo, not with his team. Melvin Gordon is holding out. Tyreek Hill is threatening to kill his um, girlfriend and his baby. Um, you know, who, who's the real bad guy here? So the, the media just likes to rip on these Raiders because it's sexy in the headlines. I agree, and at least to an extent. And I think that uh, John Gruden put it best when he says, AB's just standing up for what he believes in. Yep, he says everybody else in this country does it. And that was a funny, good point in a way. Um, And a lot of people stand up for stupider things, more stupid ideas than, you know, the thing he wears on his head that has allowed him, or at least he believes has allowed him to be at the top of his profession. Yeah, I mean, I at least, like I said, think he wins this grievance and is given a grace period, maybe not a year but at least a grace period to some extent. I do. Something something he said on the show, he says he thought the helmet looked ugly. I think the helmet he wore in the pregame in Arizona looked good. I don't know why he thinks it looks so ugly. I think it looks cool. I kind of get that it looks cool, but to me, I always thought if I'm an NFL player, I'm going old school helmet as much as I can. I want oh, I face too. mask. I want helmet. It just I want it to look like a normal classic helmet. And, and I, I think that's all he wants. Because if you look at his old helmet, that's really all it is, a classic old school football helmet. No doubt. No doubt. He's um he's going to get this thing squared away one way or another. He's not going to sit out and lose out on 31 million because of a helmet issue. It's just not going to happen. Sure. I totally agree. And at the end of the day, especially a guy like Antonio Brown has an ego that I'm always better than everybody, no matter what. I'm trying to just be at the best performance I can possibly be, and that is with that helmet that I can't wear. But even without it, I'm still better than everybody. And Benny, you heard him on the sidelines of that Cardinals game. He started talking Super Bowl. Let's go. You know, so he's got big aspirations for himself and for the team. I'm looking forward to this preseason being over and this helmet and foot storyline being over. But I'll take this any day over the August storyline being about protests in the NFL. I believe this is the first August in about four years 
where we have not had the constant discussion of protesting on the sidelines, which is totally unfootball related. But every August, there's some sort of non-football slash football related ongoing media conversation. This year, it's AB's helmet and feet. For sure, uh, because the media needs something to talk about now that football is back, but there's nothing to really talk about once football yeah. comes well, exactly. back for like a month exactly. and a half. So they need to create some kind of narrative or stick onto a storyline. And, God, I mean, this year it was that. I think un- at least until the Eagles decide to bring a McCown back into the NFL and people started calling Colin Kaepernick's name out again. But we won't even yeah. get into that. I but don't want to talk to that. It doesn't make sense to talk about it. And, uh, you know, as soon as they signed McCown, that conversation was over. But look, that conversation's okay. It's about potentially bringing a player in. The fact of the matter is it wasn't about protesting. It was about, hey, can this guy help us win? They said, no, he can't. We'd rather go with McCown. He's been in the game more recently, and he's a better teammate. For sure, but it gives the media an opportunity to talk about their narrative. That's the sure. Point. That was the point. sure. No, no, no. I totally, I totally get where you're coming from. I totally get where you're coming from, and you're right. Yeah. Well, those were some great questions. This has actually been an unbelievable episode. Very yeah. deep dive, very quickly. Right, because people think it's a simple, you know. Hey, you can recap hard knocks. You can, you know, laugh about what was said. What, but there's other little facets of the show that you can really dig deep on. We gave some roster projections here. We gave some season predictions, statistically speaking, some comedy as always. And the the thing is. This is our wheelhouse, Benny. We love talking football. We love talking Raiders. We enjoy this time of the year for pure entertaining, entertainment purposes, betting, and it's just a good feeling when football is back. Gives you that quality theater a few nights a week, which I know I crave. Absolutely. I had probably more notes on this episode than any of the others. We There were a ton of of great quotes we didn't even get to so what we're going to do is we're just going to package them all right now in a little clip for you guys we're going to hit them all with some of the best clips from this episode three of this hard knocks love it benny great work we're just a good you're just as good of a production crew as hbo has all put together we have this thing rolling the vip listeners keep tweeting keep texting keep calling me and saying hey this is great stuff. You're getting me ready for the football season. And I love hearing that. If five people tell me that, if 50 people tell me that, it makes it all worth it. Absolutely. So we're going to leave these listeners that love this show so, so much. And we love them back on our favorite clips from this episode that we love so much. Gang, and we will see you next week here at the Las Vegas Raiders Lounge Podcast. Nate, 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 can you hear me, Nate? Nate, 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 can you hear me, Nate? You got me good? I give the guy credit for standing up for what he believes in. Everybody else does it in this country. Good read, Mike, good read. You know, if, you, if you're, you're eight feet tall, so they can read your eyes. I'm going to take my shirt off. I'm going to take my shirt off, walk around. You know what, man? If I had a body like that, I'd be at Santa Monica Pier. You work all year round for it, show it off. You know what I'm saying, B? You feel me? But those days are over. To be honest with you, 
when I first got here, everyone kept telling me about the Golden Gate Bridge. And, I mean, growing up in Windsor, my mom worked in Detroit. We'd cross the Ambassador Bridge all the time. So I'm not a huge, like, oh, very cool bridge thing, but pretty cool fucking bridge, man. <laughs> like to hear Hunter Renfro sing anymore, I'll throw up. Bro, what the fuck? Oh, this, this shit is sick. Can you put your name on it? They say watermelon and fucking what is that? Watermelon berry. Damn. Get in here, Nate. Fuck. Where's Antonio Brown? Is he here? Yeah, I'm here. Where is here. he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Antonio Brown back. Yeah. All right. The drip drop. Woo! Got some kids in there? Yeah, a little ice drop. You know, on the rocks. A little drip drop on the rocks. The gum gonna taste too good, though. I'm gonna swallow it. Then they have no gum. You don't gum. swallow no damn gum. Man, I swallow all my gum. I swallow all my gum. And I can only have it in my mouth for like two minutes. That shit like rubber. You shit it out. No, that shit terrible. You ever shit and it like hurt? You gonna be fucking constipated. That's why you gonna get you an enema. Hell no. An enema. An enema. When I quit, they take the old folks. <laughs> I'm about, I don't know if you say it right. You say salmon, so uh, I can't trust you. Tough. Well, shit, throw it to him. You got a good enough arm. Sting it, man. No, you're never going to go broke making a profit. You know that? I learned that a long time ago. Men lie, women lie, right? <laughs> but the analytics Numbers don't. don't lie, Numbers don't lie. It's the factuals. So, like, you know? Hey, Frank! Frank! The guy's pissed at you. Him? Yeah, that was his play. <laughs> That's when Rodney Harrison, he had all the moves. He could drop a house on you and make a back shit himself. Hey. Right? But then, he could have enough wiggle, he could jump over you, he could go around you. Hey, coach. You don't even know who he is. We got a weird week coming up, but we're a bunch of weird guys, right? Hey, Mike Glenn, he got some neck, man. We got some neck. Hey,